1992 was a pivotal year for me. It was an election year and the first time I'd be old enough to vote for a president. It was also a year packed with incredible movies. Reservoir Dogs, Glengarry Glen Ross, Unforgiven, Of Mice and Men, The Player. These were the movies that inspired me to go west to Hollywood. One of these was a mockumentary about a conservative folk singing politician running for office. My memory of it is that it was a bold, funny political satire, but I've been wrong before. My fellow Americans, I give to you Bob Roberts. Welcome to The Holdup. Each month we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly but hasn't seen in years, we watch it and we decide, does it hold up? I'm John Longino. And I'm John Nelson. And welcome to 2016's election season. Yay! Yay. God. So uh, hopefully by the time this posts, uh, America is not on fire (laughs) at the moment. Well, it seems to be holding steady. We'll Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll see. see. You know, the month is young yet. Yeah, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. Yeah. Happy Happy November. God bless America. <laughs> Thanksgiving is also this month. That's a good uh, thing, yeah. right? Things that are horribly painful and terrible. Yeah, right? let's, I let's, love Thanksgiving. It's a great time. Let's be optimistic. Absolutely. Well, welcome to our November episode. First and foremost, this is the point in the show where we need to mention that you can email us at holduppodcast at gmail.com. Any questions, concerns, thoughts, anything you'd wish. Reasons you hate us. Yeah, reasons you sort of like us. <laughs> Excellent. Welcome to the show. For November, John, you had an idea that we should sort of keep in theme <laughs> to the election season. Yes. And uh, in doing so, I picked an old favorite of mine, uh, Bob Roberts, which, uh, like, you know, as you heard in the intro, is one of those movies that sort of set my path for me. I really? saw it. Yeah. I mean, I was in college at the time. I, I believe I would have been a sophomore. I've talked about this on the show many times, but 1992, for whatever reason, it just seems like there was a lot of, like, mostly smaller movies and, and just coming out and just kind of showing you different things that movies could do. And I was just kind of blown away by all the different ways that you could approach cinema and uh, Bob Roberts uh, stood out as one of those that was just unique and small but you have not seen it yet right yeah it's interesting that you describe this film as coming out at a time that was formative to your movie going experience because uh, on the flip side I have I've heard the name Bob Roberts I know it's a film (laughs) and I know Tim Robbins is in it right and I know it's about elections as we've covered but like other than that, I actually really don't know anything about the movie other than that you're bringing it to the table and you're recommending it. So I assume it's at least hopefully pretty good. Hopefully. When, you know, I was a younger man then with uh, different dreams, so we'll see. Yeah. But, um, but I, I think well, this is the zone where it's sort of our age is showing because this is a movie that you remember. Right. And when I when this movie released, you said it was in 92. 92, which would have been the Clinton-Bush election. Exactly. Yeah, I, I would have been like 11 at the time. <laughs> so I had no reason to see Bob Roberts. And then in, in my life, like, I haven't had any reason to kind of check it out, I guess. Right. Well, and this may be one of those that like you watch it and you go oh my god that is a undiscovered gem and it speaks to the election conditions so well or you might look at it and go eh 
that was a time and place. Right. <laughs> um, but speaking of which, um, before I delve into memories and things like that, do you want me to give you a logline to this movie before you uh, guess what it's about? Or do you want to just go in cold turkey well, and guess? Hmm. Well, I do enjoy when we throw stones in the dark. I think that can be fun. I, I will say I, I caught a bit in your intro that I, in fact informed me like I didn't even know. You mentioned in the intro that it's a mockumentary. Yes. Even that I was unaware of. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I... I, I usually don't do any research but i did kind of cheat a little bit and look up mockumentaries at the time just to see like okay besides spinal tap what else was there for mockumentaries well, know, at the when time did waiting for government come out i think in the mid 90s i believe okay. it was after this but that was the thing i was like wow between like smile right the the um the beauty pageant mockumentary that oh, was maybe in the 70s I, I know that one but that okay. would have been that would have been even i think before spinal tap right and then there would have been the meet the ruttles that one came out somewhere yep. in the 80s right but besides kind of those the ones everybody knows there mockumentary hadn't kind of exploded as its own subgenre yet However, before I get into any other specifics, do you want to take a yeah, stab yeah, or do you want to log line? Sure, I'll try. Well, uh, so so all I know is what you said in the in the opening of the show where you said it's a mockumentary about a conservative folk singer or folk musician or something like that. Um, that's all I know. Mm-hmm. So, okay, here's my here's my guess. And and I I to reiterate, I all I know is Tim Robbins politics <laughs> and what I just said about mockumentary and folk singer. Okay. So, if I know anything about movies, then the plot is that he's an everyday guy who's not a politician, but for reasons that I don't quite understand (laughs) or can think of, a effort is put forth that we need to run him for some reason, maybe as like a distraction or a sort of i don't know uh trojan horse for some reason like like basically he he's it's almost like um the producers or something like he's put up to run but meant to fail like no no, whoever gets him to run has no expectation of him like actually winning or running or whatever but for from whatever reason like he gets up and then you know spins his folk wisdom or whatever (laughs) and then becomes like incredibly popular and and maybe uh, actually becomes a viable candidate. And so the movie's like comedy is in like, oh, my God, this guy's for real. The people around him, whoever has like come up with this plan is dealing with like, oh, no, uh, we, he wasn't meant to get this far. Like, what do we do? Maybe we roll with it. It's almost like I'm thinking like network or something, you know, okay. where, where it just kind of all spirals out of control. And then I can't imagine he like actually becomes president or something. But, you know, who knows? Like, maybe. Okay. Um, and then I, I have no idea how it ends because the problem is I don't know the motivation for like why that would happen. But those are my instincts of like the basic plot. Got it. How am I doing? Uh, not great, but <laughs> they don't go that way. It really is a straight up documentary. Um, and it's I, I guess it's this is oddly before the the documentary The War Room, the Clinton uh, documentary. Oh yes, I remember. It that. came out before this, but it's oddly very similar to that, and it's like behind the scenes, sort of at uh, you know people running for office. Okay. And Bob Roberts, uh, played by um, Tim Robbins, this is also his directorial debut, if I remember. Oh, right. is it really? I yeah, didn't know that. I, and I think they're running for like Senate or something like that. I don't oh, believe it's, it's not. It's not the president. I don't believe okay. it's the presidency. And what's interesting is when I first saw this, it sort you know I didn't quite realize that it was sort of inspired by previous documentaries i had never seen the uh 1960s film primary which is about uh jfk 
running in the primary against the other the Democratic oh really the other okay. Democratic candidate. It's a mix of primary and Bob Dylan's Don't Look Back, if you can believe that. Oh, that's why he's a folk singer, because it's yeah. Bob Dylan. Or, okay. And the funny thing about this is Tim Robbins, at the time, um, did not put out a soundtrack to this, because a lot of the music is just him singing. Um, sure. He would not put out a soundtrack for it because he didn't want it to ever be used um, by conservatives. Oh, okay. Um, it's a very, the funny thing is, of course, he plays the conservative candidate, Tim Robbins, very famously, sure. a, a, an extreme liberal, and so he's uh, playing it for satire um so it's just on the road with these candidates uh, i believe gore vidal plays his opponent hmm. um so he's so he's almost like a kind of pre-stephen colbert type thing right like yes. he's like playing a conservative character actually that's probably really close uh-huh. he, he is kind of playing stephen colbert before there was a stephen colbert Interesting. he even has like there's even like a line where like somebody you know a kid has written him a letter and he said and he and he talks about oh we all have to be americans and blah 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 also don't do crack it's a ghetto drug <laughs> i see um gotcha. but sorry you were speaking to his opponent in the film yes gore vidal um famously of gore vidal's caligula <laughs> Oh, what? I, Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I, well, I kind of know what Caligula is. I don't, I, I've heard the name Gore Vidal, but it's not ringing bells. Like, I don't actually remember who that is. Uh, Gore Vidal was a famous uh, writer of the, I, I mean, at least of the 60s and 50s. He also wrote the screenplay for what was at the time called Gore Vidal's Caligula. Which later really? became uh, Bob Guccione's Caligula. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the reason I make a joke of it is because we watched Caligula, you know, my wife and I and a bunch of friends, we watched Caligula because it's like, oh, it's dirty. Let's watch this movie, <laughs> Caligula. There's nudity and fucking. And we watched it and it's this obscene fucking like, there's like big name actors like John Gielgud and, uh, you know, Malcolm McDowell in there. Right. Uh, and they're acting very seriously and then there's just like outright porn and fisting and all this really? other just yeah it's really depraved I've, I've never seen it so i don't know uh you know famously folks caligula they were they thought they were going to do like the crazy emperor of rome the story of his rise and fall and then they're like and we're gonna have you know it's gonna be true to life there's gonna be real violence and there's real nudity and real sex game of thrones has taken up that you know <laughs> space and done it right. fine <laughs> um anyway they do this movie caligula it's filled with uh filth and depravity and gore Vidal took his name off it, so it's just Caligula. However, we watched the uh, behind-the-scenes movie, and everyone calls it Gore Vidal's Caligula, including Gore Vidal himself. Really? So he'll be talking about going, when I was writing Gore Vidal's Caligula, <laughs> I decided that I was blah, blah, blah. It's, so uh, he's like a professional football player. In that point, basically. <laughs> yeah, speaks of himself in the third person. Well, when Gore Vidal writes Gore Vidal's stuff, the Gore Vidal... Like, yeah, Gore Vidal when he's in the Gore Vidal... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, he plays his opponent... Um, Gus from uh, Breaking Bad, Giancarlo Esposito, really? is in this movie. He is a reporter who is trying to uncover the dastardly truth about Bob Roberts. I think he just had done do the right thing, and okay. uh, so he's in it. And a Alan Rickman is Bob oh, Roberts's like really? uh, chief of staff slash well campaign advisor. Oh, wow, that that bodes well for the film. I, I I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever disliked an Alan Rickman performance in his entire career. So that that is good. I'm guessing you won't dislike him here. I remember him being very funny because he's very serious and uncomfortable in front of the camera. So okay. uh, great. he's great. And you'll... Oh, you know what? A memory just popped in my mind. I don't know why or how I know this, but a little factoid just hit my head that I think like maybe Jack Black is in the film. Yeah, very young and skinny Jack Black. I don't know how I know that. I think I may have mentioned it to you. Oh, maybe that's why. (laughs) Well, there you go. But yeah, you have a very young, very skinny Jack Black playing like a a very uh, crew-cutted young conservative. There's a bunch of just like 
people who are sort of in Tim Robbins's orbit that are in the movie. I forget who they are, but you'll see them and go, oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, uh, sure. A lot, lot of a lot of people. In it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John, I'm curious because I, I even in your description of it, I don't quite have a sense. You say it's a mockumentary. Like, is it gut bustingly hilarious? Is it kind of whimsically satirical? Like, what, what, what is the vibe of the comedy of the film? The comedy, I think, is going to come from it, it's it's like network. Okay. And, and when I say it's like network, I wonder if it aged like network because network when it came out was like, my God, look at what television news look at look at what the future of television news sure. could be. You watch it now, it's like, yeah, that's the news. Yeah, we're we're actually well past network yeah. at this point. Like network was like a haunting glimpse of the future, and now it's maybe fifteen years ago. Yeah, 20 and it's years like ago, that's and oh, that's quaint. It. And I wonder if we're going to look at this documentary or this mockumentary and say to ourselves, oh. How quaint that this was funny once upon a time. People right. speaking, uh, you know, w- through their teeth and lying and, oh, the <laughs> the evil underhanded sure. things they say about one another instead of just outright, you know, calling each other liars and, you know, threatening sedition well, and this, all this, this other stuff. This is an incredibly interesting month to watch this kind of a movie <laughs> right. because uh, you, I, I know everyone must say this every election, but I think in particular this election has had some pretty jaw-dropping incredible moments of of unbelievable things said so so yeah. maybe you know bob roberts might come across as a more reasonable candidate to be honest that's the thing you might we might watch it and go oh i can see why this was funny in the 90s yeah it's L- probably not funny now like the nightmare would be at the time he's meant to be so ridiculous as to be humorous but i have watched the film and i'm like yeah i'd vote for him right you know like because he's uh, that would be scary because he can hide his <laughs> uh depravity yeah, yeah. and uh, i mean there are some jokes in the movie there's a lot of like bo- like i say there's bob dylan jokes there's even that like holding up the signs and you oh, know, okay, doing a sure. song and throwing the, the signs with words on the ground like so bob dylan it, did. i'm almost getting a vibe that it's halfway to walk hard or something like i mean obviously it's not that silly yeah kind of because walk hard had like a soundtrack and i mean obviously that's pulling more from johnny cash but i think they had elements there's like a dylan-esque uh joke song in in walk hard that's really funny so you have a memory of really liking the movie yes so so what did you like about it uh i liked it because i felt smart (laughs) (laughs) okay i felt like oh i get this i get the, the that it's satire i get why uh, you know the, the, why I'm supposed to feel certain ways and why the jokes work and and it wasn't because you know compared to something like Walk Hard, which is like well here's all the jokes and it's just silliness and hammering you over the sure. head with giggles, it's not going to be that you're probably not going to get too many like belly laughs out of this one, um, and there is a lot of like serious talk that you know comedies just don't have. Sure, um, but was, I just, was it almost like your first? taste of satire in a way or, it would be know? yeah it's as if i saw a network when i was a kid and sure. it was like oh my god i see this i'm so smart because i see the world around me for what it truly is Got now it. again i was in college and you know had my head up my ass so who knows <laughs> it it <laughs> may we be we all that, did okay I, right you know, don't worry you know and it, it felt like correct for the time sometimes because, other people's asses too you know? <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i mean maybe it's still smart maybe it's still funny i don't know that's why i bring it in and and bear my neck for the world to see <laughs> hopefully this is still good sure Who so knows? so when's the last time you saw the movie um uh, well i don't remember seeing it after college i believe i showed it to my wife but i can't remember when or how i actually saw this a couple of times at school because we had a movie theater on campus 
and if I liked a movie, they show what they would do is they would get a movie and just show it for like three or four days in a row. Oh, okay. And so, and tw- sometimes I think it was twice a night. And so, and I had like f- a free movie pass to the thing, so I just went. And if I liked something, then I would see it again that same night or see it again the next day, like two or three times in a row. So I saw it a lot when I saw it the first time, and then you know saw it maybe once more over the decades, and okay. haven't seen it since. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's why it's, it's mysterious. I, you know, memorable, but, but far enough away that I'm like, well, I don't know. might be funny. Sure. Sure. I'm actually intrigued at, uh, Tim Robbins being the lead in the movie because my impression of him is he can be sort of funny, right? I wouldn't say I have a memory of him as being incredibly funny. Um, but he has a charm to him. That's pretty good. I mean, highlights for me that I'm j- just popping in my head of movies I really liked him in. I mean, obviously everyone would say like Shawshank Redemption and stuff, but but I like things like the Hudsucker Proxy. Right. I think to me is I'm thinking something that is a comedy kind of, but not like all the way. And, you know, I, I could see this being if if he has the quality in this that he had in a movie like that, the Hudsucker Proxy, then then I might really enjoy this movie. So. Well, he plays it pretty serious. Oh, okay. He, he's okay. not making jokes. The so jokes he, are okay. sort of happening around him. So imagine Andy Dufresne running for office and singing songs, and you'll pretty much get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember it being funny you because break, it's... You're breaking my heart, John. I, uh, was, I was ready for a whimsical, fun evening. <laughs> it, it might be. <laughs> it could still be. So unlike something like The Hitcher, or, or you know, we watched that a few uh, episodes ago, and that was a movie that I also knew almost nothing about right. when we came in to watch it, but I had a sense of what I was in for. I knew it was a horror movie. I knew, obviously, the, the premise... Sure. leads itself very easily to predictable tropes. Um, although, not that that movie went down all of them, but I could at least, you know, I could glean or guess an idea, even if it didn't live up to my expectation. Right. I could have an expectation of what I'm in for. What I find really interesting about going into this movie is I've just heard you describe the movie <laughs> for, you know, 15 minutes, however long it's been, and, and I still kind of don't know what I'm going to watch. I, I, I have a vague idea. I mean, I'm looking at the cover right now and it's a naked man draped in a f- American flag with a leaning acoustic guitar. <laughs> and it says Bob Roberts. Like, I don't, like, I honestly, honestly don't know what we're in for. Honestly, that's, you'll see it and you'll be like, well, that's appropriate. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's like a joke that he's even singing folk songs and all the folk songs are really conservative. You know, they're all mm-hmm. like, a, you know, He's singing in a very folksy voice and, you know, singing very lighthearted about, you know, welfare fraud and, you know, <laughs> people living off the government yeah, dime and shit like that. So it, it you know, it's, it's uh, that okay. kind of a joke. Okay. All right. I, I'm starting to understand. <laughs> that that makes a, a bit of sense. So, um, I, you know, it actually would be interesting because correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sort of gleaning the thought that you really liked it when it came out. And now you might be sitting here with some some doubts. Yeah. Well, again, uh, I haven't seen it. It, it may have not aged. It, it has, may not have kept up with politics because, again, it that was the Clinton time. Clinton taking a saxophone and going on Arsenio Hall blew all our minds. Right. And now it's like Obama is on The Tonight Show or, you know, Colbert or whatever, like once a month. I mean, yeah. the, the president now has to be incredibly media savvy. And at the time, again, Clinton was like the uh, JFK of his time. He had figured out the media 
And this was very much a like, well, Tim Robbins plays a guy who knows how to talk to the media. Got it. Where the old guy is like still just talking the same old bullshit. And that's why he's on the way out. John, I think the clock has struck. It's that time. It's, it's wager time. <laughs> okay. I'm putting you on the spot. Um, I am going to say, I hope it holds up. I don't think it will. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. Interesting. Uh, with little to no information, I'm actually going to uh, be an optimist for once. <laughs> I'm going to wager in on it will hold up. Uh, but And the reason I'm saying that is because I, uh, the way you describe it, you're, I'm guessing, but you seem to think, oh, I was a kid when I saw it. Maybe I was naive. Maybe it appeals to me in a way that it no longer will. I What my hope is, is actually, as we are uh, much older than we were when this movie came out, you know, uh, I, I'm thinking that it'll have an even more appealing nature to it. Like the right. the kind of subtlety of it that might've been sort of opening your mind at the time now will actually ring very true and, and very resonate with us, especially like we were talking about in today's political climate. So I, my hope is that it will hold up. And I, and I think I'm going to say that it will. Excellent. I hope that it does. Excellent. You got my vote, Bob Roberts. <laughs> I like that. You tied it back into elections. I know. Well it's, well, it's, it's real easy. <laughs> it actually doesn't take a lick of thought. I got to just mm. name a bunch of election stuff. It's great. And here I was so proud of you. Oh, fair enough. Awesome. Well, uh, I think it's about that time, John. Are you ready to go watch Bob Roberts? I sure am. Let's right. do this. Well, we're off to the voting booth and we will be back with the results once we tally them up. See you guys soon. Well done. America is a mess. We need someone to clean it up. And his name is Bob. Bob Roberts, millionaire businessman, fencing enthusiast, recording artist, and senatorial candidate. He was a man that not only had a brilliant mind and a wonderful wit, but could also sing. This great vision for the future of our country and a great vision for the future of the children of our country. Hey, mister, can I see your gun? He's amazing. He's a poet and a genius. Ladies and gentlemen, why can't you get ahead? She's a beautiful girl. Why can't you have the home of your dreams? Miss Three Mile Island. Wall Street. Wall, Wall Street. The 60s are over, said Roberts. I couldn't agree more, Donna. And I'm sorry, but I wouldn't vote for you. My life depended on it. Are you a communist? Excuse me? <laughs> Paramount Pictures presents with Miramax Films, Bob Roberts, a man with a solution. Choice to be what you want to be, and I want to be rich. Is that what politics is really about? Make your judgments if you must. Bob Roberts. Because Bob spelled backwards is still Bob. I just wish there was a way I could vote for you a hundred times. Oh, there is, actually. Really? Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> and we are back. Ha <laughs> little light viewing Bob Roberts for your election pleasures. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was um, not what I, I mean, I guess in part what I was expecting, but certainly 
very different from what I had imagined. I remember uh, being more amused by it when I was a younger man. Right. It's far less funny nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you told me this was a comedy, which I got to say, I wasn't laughing very much. Not that it wasn't well done, which I, I, I think it was, but like it just felt very disturbing <laughs> is this the right word and and oddly accurate I yeah. mean I mean obviously not in every way but in but in many aspects you know I, the network metaphor was really apt yeah it, it feels like in some ways it's like wow this is incredibly prescient yeah I mean there's even things that just are echoing in this election so vividly that it's like, wow, did he know? Did he know Donald For Trump real? was going to be the candidate? Because he's talking about that guy. Sure. Well, I mean, if not literally, because there there are ways in which the character of Bob Robbins isn't like Donald Trump. Sure, of course. I, uh, I just mean that but, sort but, that template. I, I think more what you're referring to, which I will completely agree to, is sort of like the neo-conservative uh, movement in our country. And by and by the way, I'll, let me preface for a moment. You know, <laughs> generally, I I I tend to not want to get too political in like podcasts that we do because normally it isn't really uh, important to the to the kind of plot of whatever movie we're watching. But in particular, this film, I, I guess I almost feel like I should just sort of give a warning. Like it, <laughs> it's going to be virtually impossible to talk about Bob Roberts without delving at least in part into our own sort of political views. So, it, it, you know, please take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. We're, we're, we will likely speak somewhat candidly about kind of where we stand on modern issues because this movie, in in a way, echoes a lot of it. And I, I, I can't comprehend talking about it without talking about my political beliefs. Like, it would right. be impossible. So, we can, so anyway, just I figured <laughs> just like I'll throw that out there, you know, if you're sensitive to that kind of thing and may, maybe it's now the time to stop listening. But, but we can touch rather than punch. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. We don't have to ram it down. Well, your throat, this movie's uh, not doing any touching. This movie's no doing some haymakers, you know, like and that's maybe sure. I mean, that's the good and the bad of this movie. I would say it uh, it's not subtle, not, not <laughs> even remotely. Uh, yeah, I think that's what I was really surprised by. I mean, for, you know, we're sort of talking in vague terms. Uh, let, let me try to be forthright with, with sort of the experience we just had. So, so it is accurate what Nelson said, that it is sort of a mockumentary about a folk singer <laughs> running for office and his weird songs and you know everything. But like what is way more apparent to me now that we've just watched the film is it is a really biting, pretty vicious commentary about the state of conservative politics. I certainly, it's almost like he, he is clearly very uh, critical of the state of politics in the early nineties. And he's almost like amplifying everything about conservatism at that time to this ludicrous level, right. which weirdly enough is like virtually identical in a lot of ways to the political climate we currently find ourselves in like the the super you know neoconservative movement the kind of that like tea party movement or just that right. that whole angry alt -right. conservative yeah all right like it's i joked at the beginning like i i don't know why we call this a mockumentary it's like practically documentary at this point yeah with the shit people were saying in the movie 
which I think is meant in the nineties, I think is meant to play as like ludicrous or something. But like now it's just like every day when you watch the news. Yeah. I think it, 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 there was something I think that got lost in the years since just because it's, it became so banal. I mean, back then it was like, Oh my God, all these ludicrous accusations of government corruption and, you know, sure. Business intertwined with, uh, you know, drugs and undoing third world leaders. And, and, and just, it seemed like such, you know, uh, conspiracy talk and now that's something that's just a daily like oh yeah sure we yeah. unseat people we it's sort of like accepted fact of the way the world works right in our current situation right and so and maybe that's part of what lends it to be like less fun again i remember being like more amused when i saw it the first yeah. time and again maybe that's through the lens of a cynical college student who's like yeah the system's broken man well and- it, it is a very very pessimistic movie i feel yeah like it, it's it's definitely criticizing you know sort of a way of things and there's nothing about it that's altering some side of, some sort of you know alternative or solution <laughs> or anything it's not you know it's not about like hey man look how bad things are and maybe we can do x to to fix it it's just the whole the whole movie is bob roberts on an insane neo-nazi crusade and he's being welcomed with open arms. And occasionally you'll find these sort of liberal people on the side who really all they can do is just throw their hands up and cry <laughs> and, you know, maybe complain and unplug switches to, to stop him briefly. And then and then they're just sort of left to wallow in sorrow <laughs> as he, you know, blazes his trail forward. It, it, it's very depressing. Yeah very depressing (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i i don't know there's something uh, about watching it now on the eve of of this election that's harder to watch this time than i can ever remember watching it but let's Uh, focus on the movie itself for a moment let's uh um first of all what was it like seeing all these uh actors for some of them for the first time jack black and yeah i mean uh Uh, well the movie's very well cast which makes sense because you know tim robbins is directing it and writing it and starring in it you know he had some kind of actors company right some like a play I, I believe actors you're, company you're right and i believe that's where a lot of them came out of like when i saw david strathern is in it he's a he plays a lawyer in this i believe he was in tim robbins's company sure um and you, you i mean there's like i don't know there's, there's so susan many. sarandon james spader is like a news anchor out of yeah. nowhere helen hunt Hel- yeah is another news there's anchor. a lot of people just coming in and playing yeah. like day player like yeah newscasters. clearly just doing it just to be in it and kind of help out right yeah that was that was neat to see um it, it certainly uh, was I don't want to say surprising because I mean obviously Tim Robbins is a star but it was it was just interesting you know occasionally there are movies like that where just every little part and every little person is sort of like a famous person right they became something huge yeah and normally I would say it's almost distracting mm. but what's interesting about this film is is I think it sort of adds to it in a way uh, right. because the movie so it, well I, you know what I, I take something back that I said earlier the movie is kind of ridiculous I know I sort of made this statement that it's like oh it just reflects the time <laughs> that, this is real life that's not entirely true it, the movie is a, a little loony the idea is that uh, this very conservative neoconservative candidate has sort of co-opted and mutated the 60s political movement and 60s kind of musical movement and is basically doing a Bob Dylan-y kind of thing but but 
to the services of neoconservatism. And so it's sort of like, like literally he has a song that's, that's like, uh, what is it? Um, the times are times are changing back instead of the times they are changing. And, but, but the one that really struck me is he has an anti-drug song, uh, (laughs) drug stink, drug stink, which sounds really benign. So he's like, drug stink, they stink. They're going to mess up your brain or whatever. And then all of a sudden he's like, Anybody doing drugs, hang them from the highest tree. And all of a sudden <laughs> right. there's like all these images of nooses and like really fucked up kind of murder shit. And he's just like, hang them up. Time to. And, uh, and it's just reeks of like lynching, like racist right. lynching. And, and, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the commentary he's kind of basically making is like in the eighties and nineties, there was this war on drugs, like, right. Oh, drugs are bad. And it, it sort of a, a opinion, not necessarily mine, but <laughs> an opinion that was given at the time is that, uh, it was all just sort of a smoke screen for prosecuting and jailing black people, you know, right. for, for, and then he even says, or like, even oh, in the cracks best, like a ghetto drug or whatever, you know, right. Or even in the best, maybe best case scenario, it's like, whether it was intentional or not that was sort of the effect it had. sure sure right whether and and race is like a really kind of central part of the movie i wouldn't say it's the core but like it is touched on constantly yeah that they're basically just racist assholes right that, well that are, they even and i didn't notice this the first time i saw it so maybe you know maybe they have some subtleties but like there's every time he goes to a rally people are holding signs that say pride and they're on white signs yep. and, and it looks flashing like zig heils yeah and he's got like this half a salute which is like he does like a you know like a uh, a military salute with his hand but the salute goes out to a nazi yeah. salute and it's like and i think in the beginning of the movie it's a little they don't do it as much but as the movie goes on the salutes become more nazi like mm-hmm. the white pride signs come out much more you know the, all these like things that are just very spotty throughout the beginning of the movie become much they hammer them much more I mean, they become the like crystallized yeah. to, to uh, a point where uh, very unsubtly i yeah. think that's the thing like most most mockumentaries will kind of like rib and jab at stuff right. and sort of just poke at it and then be like, ha ha ha, just kidding. Ha. Right. Like this movie like <laughs> starts like JK, ha ha, you know, Oh, we're just playing around. And by the end, it's just like, it's not even a joke. Like it's, yeah, it's not even funny anymore. I mean, that's maybe that's part of it too. It's like the first half of the movie is much funnier quote sure, unquote sure. than the second half the second half it's just full on not funny anymore things have gone off the rails and again maybe that's by design maybe it's just age i don't know it was it it i didn't remember coming out of it going like oh my god i remember coming out <laughs> of it going horrified. man yeah i just remember coming out of it saying yeah man the fucking government man you tell so Speaking of fucking government, man, <laughs> that's another aspect of the movie that I did not anticipate and don't quite know how I feel about. Like the movie, especially in Act, you know, three, for lack of a better word, really takes this turn where you mentioned that that uh, Gus from Breaking Bad, I forgot that actor's real uh, name, Giancarlo. Yeah, Giancarlo. He sort of plays this conspiracy theorist reporter that you were talking about. And he's uh, really got the the, the goods, basically, right. on Bob Roberts. Like, there's this entire elaborate, like, <laughs> Watergate-esque, like, mass conspiracy plot about that, that these uh, people are basically using this kind of white power fervor as a smokescreen to elect Bob Roberts. And in fact... They are working for the this crazy agenda of drug. There's this whole thing of like Bob Roberts was drug smuggling and took money that was meant for 
mortgages and put it into airplanes that I'm smuggle pretty, cocaine. Yeah, and like, I'm pretty sure they're, what they did was combine the uh, the two big latter 80s scandals, which was Iran-Contra and the right. SNL scandal, and just put them together into As one. Like one scandal. Okay. Right, and, and made this Bob Roberts' background. Oh, okay. So maybe I actually, that's really, that's interesting that you point out Iron Contra because that actually makes more sense when the movie was coming out. Yeah. That that's sort of a focus because for me now it kind of reads as like, this is just getting kind of hogwash crazy. (laughs) I mean, I guess obviously that stuff does happen. Sure. But I think the, well, well, I don't know. Actually, um, as I'm sort of talking about the marriage of of like crazy conservatism and Iron Contra, (laughs) maybe, maybe it is closer than I'm thinking it is. I mean, it's the movie is definitely like it was definitely made in the shadow of gulf war one because in the yeah. movie it's 1990 by the time it came out it was 92 but then there's talk about oh we got to oust saddam hussein and we got to go in the yes. gulf and blah blah and so there's a very heavy presence of the the incoming gulf war and so again it's all tied into real life politics and they just used it as like the background uh by which bob roberts and all of his cronies um, achieve power and they they set him up really early on as being like a Trumpian like businessman I mean he might as well be Gordon Gecko. like he right. full on is is like dealing stocks in a van in the day he basically says greed is good he, he mm-hmm. essentially says like I want to be rich <laughs> to applause right like that that is the character yeah I mean he's Trump he's Ge- who is Gecko. I mean that yeah, was the inspiration basically. for Gecko. so he's going against Gore Vidal's character and then there comes a point where he's losing and to get back on track they stage an, assa- yeah. an assassination attempt basically. I think that's the point in the movie where I sort of I don't want to say fell off or disliked or something but definitely was not expecting it to get that crazy like they, right. they basically like you said full-on fake an assassination attempt to get him over the poles there's this whole and it's actually done rather subtly like the movie doesn't really have this smoking gun of like look they they faked it right but you're left to sort of put it together like the the uh shooter uh, supposedly couldn't really shoot because he has uh, right he's cerebral the re- palsy yeah, or he's the reporter with the cerebral yeah. palsy so that part was correct and then and then very interestingly at the end of the movie he's wheelchair bound bob roberts is wheelchair bound and playing a guitar song and they do this thing where the documentary crew sort of zooms in on his foot and what what I liked about this scene was um, it, so so basically the foot bobs to the music, yeah, kind of showing like yeah he's like tapping along like, after oh, he's supposed to be paralyzed yeah oh he's not paralyzed but the thing about it is you could do a version of that where you zoom in and he's just fucking tapping away for ten minutes or something like like this <laughs> like gotcha right but the way they do it and the camera works so interesting is they start to zoom in and like as the zooms happening he gives it like one tap right right. And so you're like, wait, did he just tap his foot? And then it's on it, and then it's steady and not moving. So it's sort of this, I mean, he moved it for sure. And it's like, okay, he is clearly faking it. But the the movie never, like, overtly declares him to be a faker. Right. It's just sort of left to you as a viewer to be intelligent enough to be paying attention and and kind of draw that conclusion. I mean, it definitely wants you to draw that conclusion. Yeah, I think by the end, they they are... If you didn't get that one, then there's another reference later on where, like, is fans are downstairs like watching at his window and Gus whatever his name is the character he was the reporter yes the reporter he they've just found out that he's gotten shot and assassinated and killed and they're all screaming and yelling and cheering and it's a great day and then they see Bob Roberts' shadow walk past the window and they smile big because everything's correct and it's right and 
Yeah. And that's like our ending is just the victory. It's neoconservative victory as they all cheer and a guy wears (laughs) like a tricorder hat and and (laughs) blasts a boombox as he speaks in tongues and cries. Like I mean, we're living in this in the election cycle of make America great again and that whole thing. And and this movie just echoed all of that. Like everything Bob Roberts said was Oh, what? You, what's wrong with you? Are you a communist? Don't you love this country? It was just, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes movies don't pick a side, but this one, man, like it really picked a side. Well, it's definitely. I mean, Tim Robbins is definitely far, far liberal. I would say the the biggest difference, if we're comparing Bob Roberts to someone like Donald Trump, is that in the film. Bob Roberts' songs and message might be kind of abhorrent, you know, to Tim, someone like Tim Robbins, who's right. obviously lampooning it. But his demeanor, his attitude towards most people he sees, he's very polite, right. very smiley, very just pa- not passive, but like very, very accommodating, polite, nice good all-american guy yeah and they even make a show of like when he thinks the camera's off that's when he shows his bluster yeah, and his he's anger hiding his real thing otherwise I mean, Don- he's Donald always trump just let's fuck him yeah fly, like trump basically. doesn't uh uh hold back but um yeah the weird thing is it's even like they have a a saturday night live type show in right. the thing and it's like SNL has figured so heavily into the last couple yep. of elections and it's like to put that there i mean the fact that like the outcome of SNLs may affect the election. That's right. kind of new. That was crazy. At least new to me. I don't yeah. remember SNL figuring in as heavily. And it seems to me that like SNL is like part of the political conversation now, which is so weird because it's only like every four years that that show matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there was the SNL thing. There was the TV ad. The yeah. <laughs> right, the one <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. It was it was it, it was a fake ad of his opponent where the phone's ringing and no one's picking up and it's slow zooming out and he's like asleep on the desk or something. And there's it, and, uh, it, oh, and they've and they've faked a a sex scandal, you know, trying yes. to pin a sex scandal. Well, that, well, apparently his opponent was uh driving and had his granddaughter in the car or something. But they they've clearly paid tabloids to say that like he was with a teenager. Well, it's his granddaughter's friend or something. Oh, like is that, that what it is? Yeah. And, okay. and then in the commercial where he's sleeping at the desk, there's a little pad of paper and it just says, <laughs> I heart teens on it. And it's like back. I will say that back in that day, that would never have been on TV. Now that would be. I and feel yeah. like that completely oh, is like it would have been. Yeah, that's fair game. So yeah. that will tell you how things have changed because that was so like definitely a joke. In that right. movie, in, right. the, in the structure of that movie, it's like, sure. this is like definitely like a thing that could pull you out and go, okay, here's a reminder. You're watching a movie. This is not real life. You don't have that cushion anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm um, trying to think of what else. There was a couple of, there was a few more things that just was like, man, he could, it's, it's almost as if, you know what I mean? It, he, you could almost. Well, to me, to me, what, what was just bananas was him stock trading in his van that mm-hmm. he travels the the state in right that was just this eerie i mean that that <laughs> creeped me out because because in the movie it's like just like look how ridiculous this is like all he cares about is wall street and stuff like like we all know that about a lot of politicians but to, to literally put like a stock exchange right. in his van yeah was such a clever move and really hammered home that point oh the other thing they hey they even had a miss universe 
reference. Yes. Oh my God, you're right. Tim Robbins sings at a beauty pageant. It's obviously a local one because he's a senator, not you know presidential candidate. But there's even like uh, you know a Miss whatever she is, Pennsylvania, or you know Miss Roadkill, whatever right. it was. There were some weird ones in there. And she's on the bus afterwards with him, and she's making like racist jokes, and yeah. and it's like, wow, this is just again, this it's like they predicted the talking points of the 2016 election. It's like Miss Universe, SNL. You know, I, it's crazy how how much faked assassination, faked assassination. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's weird because you look at it and you say, well, is that just because this movie was so prescient, or is it? Again, just that depressing thought of, well, things don't actually change that much. I, You know, now that we've been talking it through, I, I tend to agree with the latter that you've just said. Like, like things I, don't change. Yeah, it's well, it's because that's always a story, right? Like, it's like, oh, right. man, this election's nuts. Not like in my old election when I was younger. Oh, wait, that one was crazy. Too. Yeah, that like, one was nuts, too. I mean, I will completely cop the fact that this one I, I know I just said everyone says that this one seems <laughs> particularly crazy I, you know in terms of the sort of media attention and the demeanor of debates and things like there's, yeah. a, there's a certain level of basic human dignity that has sort of <laughs> been, been kind of abandoned like right. even the most horrible human beings in the past have at least you know had a smile like Bob Roberts himself who might as well be Hitler too has the decency to smile. Yeah, know? that was the actually the one thing that we're looking at. It's like, oh, thank God there is something that doesn't, you know, <laughs> echo in eternity, yeah. which is like at the debates, they're completely civil and they're talking about their their points and everybody exactly. is it, everybody's intelligent and there's no like my opponent did this, my opponent does that <laughs> and, you know, sucks the blood of children. And Although it was funny, he was in a debate with uh, his, the, his rival and then the rival, ma- I, this was something that I was like, oh, this was definitely made in 1990 because I can't, or wait, really 92, 92 yeah. portrayed in 90 because I was like, no one would ever say this now, which is his, his the uh, Democratic senator was like. Bob Roberts is just talking all this trash about him. And then in the debate, it counters to him. And he's like, I will not be having, you know, negative campaigning. I refuse to sort of disparage my opponent. I'm just going to state my positive facts. Right. And I was like, well, this well, is yeah, that would never happen. From like 1807. Because <laughs> that, that'll just, that does not even exist today. That's some horse shit. Yeah. I sort of respected it, though. It, I forgot that people used to say that. I was like, oh, right. No negative campaigning. <laughs> right. I remember that when I was in diapers or whatever. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we talk about like, well, this debate, you know, this election cycle is worse than any. I bet if we went back to like, you know, the Barnum and Bailey days <laughs> back in the 1880s or something like that, you would have two people debate. It's like my opponent, you know, rapes children and, yeah. you know, uh, the he, literal three ring circus. Yeah, it that would they just be like people it. just saying whatever yeah. the fuck. So I, I'm, I'm sure that the uh, the level of debate has changed up and down over the years. It probably hasn't. Sure. This isn't the worst we've ever seen. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's up there. We'll so see. what did you actually I mean, it. I, I get an idea of what you think of the movie. What did you think? I mean, overall, I, 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 it's it's a difficult one to say. I, I don't know if I'd, I mean, I definitely would say I liked it. I was I was really it really left something with me. I think that's what I'll say. Like, I wouldn't right. necessarily say that from A to Z, I was just loving every second of it or right. anything. But it will. It's not easily. It's not. I will not soon forget the film. Hmm. Like it, it, I feel like it has left an impression on me that that will linger for for a little while. It right. was really taking you on a pretty depressing ride. Right. So uh, I mean, if anything that I could say about just my immediate reactions to it, I will say that it, I felt like it sort of 
overstate its welcome a bit. Now that, that I totally agree. Actually, watching yeah. it now, I was like, man, this is so fucking long. I mean, it could probably be an hour and really get the same points across. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, and we run into this all the time on the show that that could be a pacing thing of, right. of just the sensibilities of you know it has a '90s pace. Right there, there's these incredible incredibly long they fell in love with these handheld tracking shots of of like okay if bob roberts is going to the speech tonight you know in a real ass movie now you know he would be in his makeup room and then we just hard cut to him on stage talking but bob roberts the film has deemed that he will you know say something to one character over here on the side and then kind of like drink a sip of coffee and then uh you know button up his tie (laughs) and then kind of walk out the door all this in no edits you know no cut is like now okay now it's going to track him and now he's walking out the door there's all these people cheering yay oh man okay i'll shake a hand or whatever oh i'm on my phone and i can you know and then i walk in that and like that's the pace and you're just kind of like okay I, he's walking inside. I got it. Like, let's let's move on here. Yeah, uh, th- and I I agree with you. And I think, man, the, they could really pick up the pace of this. But I I'm and I say this as somebody, you know, both of us work in reality, pseudo documentary, whatever. I'm guessing that is just like the evolution of documentary. Yeah, because of reality TV. I'm, I'm guessing that. If we looked back at documentaries of the time, they would match it. I'm guessing this is actually pretty close. It felt close at the time. Sure. Again, it might they might be in love with a lot of well, stuff. They, they but... might also think by doing that kind of thing, it lends it a sort of authenticity. Right. That if it was just sort of a talking head piece, right. it wouldn't quite have as much weight to it. You know? Sure. And, and also, you have an assassination scene that <laughs> happens surprisingly in one of those moments. So maybe they felt like they had to have four or five walkie-talkie scenes. Yeah. That's actually uh, not a to bad make it, To make it more shocking. Point. I mean, to me also, the, there's, uh, again, a real heavy handedness to because obviously there's a really depressing message. But then there's a lot of like scenes where um, Giancarlo Esposito, especially near the end there, where he's talking about all these connections like, well, this guy's paying off this guy and we're using the money for drugs to do this. And he just he goes on at length about it. And the realism there is that, yes, somebody in real life would say that. But I feel like the film itself is like because it's not real it maybe doesn't get to go on that long. Right. So there are, there is a lot where I'm like, well, they're either just so committed to the verisimilitude of it that they have him go on at length. And now it may be, and again, it might be just that 25 years later, I'm like, okay, get it, move on, whatever. But it just seems so like, here you are in your face. Oh, Keep yeah. going. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't know. That was, there was one, that was one aspect of it. Um, and whenever Gore Vidal was like, talking at length about little back in the old days you know there was a lot of him doing that which i guess was improvised i looked that up and apparently a lot of what gore vidal actually said was they just they didn't actually give him anything to do they just or didn't give him a script they just said hey what do you gore vidal think about this (laughs) subject the fog of war with gore vidal (laughs) let me tell you about what i think about the government in uh, iran that actually lends into uh i think one of my criticisms of the movie which is uh, tim robbins and it seems can't help but try to interject the liberal counter to everything going on. Like you have, right. I mean, Grant, I would say most of the movie is sort of in earnest in this kind of neoconservative stuff. And, and it's up to you to the viewer to sort of very clearly see that it's like a satire. Right. But, uh, but he just like can't help, but have a report. There's just constantly offended liberal characters <laughs> whose only purpose in the movie is to just be offended. Right. And then sort of regurgitate very quickly the counter argument to what's going on. Right. So you have like, 
the chief from Carmen San Diego, which uh, you're not familiar with because you're 112 <laughs> years old. But uh, for those of us oh. that, uh, <laughs> that grew up with it, uh, I was very excited because the chief from the Carmen San Diego game show was in it. And she plays a reporter that's interviewing Bob Roberts and he spouts off a bunch of ways. Just see bullshit. us old guys know her as the radio voice from the Warriors. That's true. I, I apologize. So we know her in a cooler way. That's that's not untrue <laughs> uh, at all. Yeah, she goes on for a while yeah. being offended. I mean, I was I was fine with her kind of pressing him in the interview and giving kind of hard questions like that's fine right but there's this then she storms off and it's like okay, okay that's fine she's an extended storming yeah, off then and- we cut to now she's in her makeup room and now she gets a soliloquy right about why she's offended and, yeah. and explains and basically it's it feels like tim robbins is setting the viewer side and going like okay now i'm going to talk directly at you right. and here's my take on it and that happens more than once like it's her it's there's a woman uh, at the kind of fake snl show that mm-hmm. makes a big it's a once again offended liberal right who makes a big stink and has like 12 arguments with seven producers in this extended 10 minute like okay now i'm gonna go she rightfully so is upset because she feels like bob roberts is playing one of his songs on fake snl and she feels like it's basically just political advertising which right the show it wasn't the song do. they agreed that he would do right. he's, he's got a new one and it's much more politically tainted yeah so so, so she takes it upon herself to pull all the plugs out and, and sort of cut off his feed and, and get herself fired. Right. And it was a neat moment, I guess, but it, I didn't quite understand what it was adding to the movie other than just sort of interjecting a counter. Right. right. Liberal rage, which, uh, I, you know, it, it was things like that, like you said, and especially the monologues, the monologues where I was like, yeah. oh, he's a neoconservative in a, in a rebel's clothing. Oh, he's very sinister. And it's like, yeah, okay, we get it. Thank you. And it's, it, it's, yeah, yeah. It's almost like I knew, like I can pick up on that. Yeah. That he's I, not on the level. It's stuff know? like that where they just don't trust you enough. Yeah. maybe. And it's like, okay, you know, it, you, it feels like teaching almost. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that's where I feel like, yeah, he, he's hammering his message too much. And it's like, okay, well, you now you're just playing into the, the, the fears of the, the other side. It's like, well, this is what we sound like when we're talking about people. And it's right. like, well, you can skip that part, probably make them sound, or, or maybe not. Maybe it is what we sound like. <laughs> maybe this is exactly what us. we sound like. tell us. I don't like. know. Yeah. Like, maybe it's what we've been doing for the last 30 minutes. Yeah, know? exactly. Um, oh, I will say that when it was the conspiracy theory journalist, that I didn't actually mind so much because he was a pretty important character in the movie. Right. So him sort of spouting all this these facts about the the conspiracy and and sort of his counter to everything i thought was grounded and sort of acceptable well at least it made sense for his character um i feel like he had gotten a chance to kind of say it in scene because they again well that's not untrue they do have him at the end sort of reiterating everything he said in a in a one long monologue and it's like well okay i feel like we've kind of touch that ground but I, I i will grant you that like it's certainly in his character to keep talking about it and get the same talking points <laughs> right. over and over so at least there's a character motivation to that so well, i give I, you that i do think they also wanted to have him seen and heard very late into the movie and endeared to the audience and really they they make a big point of giving him this final bite of like i'll get you bob roberts right i don't need a gun to do it Next scene, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah, you know. So I think they really wanted to hammer that. That like, oh fuck, now he's right. dead, and he, he's not going to do what he wanted to do. And he was the only one who cared enough. I think right. that was the you know, and that's part of the depressing message of the movie. It's not so much that he's the only one who knows this stuff. It's just that he's the only one who gives a shit. Yeah, and that's and the message that you get is like, well, once you get this one person out of the way, then most other people would be like, eh. 
I don't care. And it's probably true. <laughs> Depressing <laughs> right. enough. Yeah. Um, so what do you, what do you come down on? Yeah. I, well, I think, I think I will say that it holds up. I mean, okay. I, in the sense that, um, it still plays right and plays pretty strong. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, that's not to say that it's a flawless film. I certainly, as we discussed, have some caveats and some issues here and there, but as my first viewing, I mean, I, I would say I enjoyed it. Um, oh, good. I wouldn't mind if I was to watch it again, I might send it to an editor and <laughs> have him sort of slice out like 20 minutes for me. And then I'd have a really good time watching it again. But other than that, yeah, I think it hold it. That's it held up. I think I'm going to say that it holds up, but it's with like two caveats. One, it doesn't it meet the criteria that my younger self put it up with. It's right. like, I don't look at it and go, oh my God, this movie's fucking amazing. It changed my life. It's sure. like, yeah, this movie's pretty good. Um, I would also say that... It holds up, but sort of more because it is so prescient and it did sort of see so much. Not so much the movie itself is like so engaging and so like across the board. Because like you say, there's like stuff in it. There's like these peaks and valleys of pace that is just like, oh man, can we pick this up? The filmmaking, I guess, is the part that I'm like less forgiving of now. Um, So I'm going to lean on it holds up, but but it's not the um, amazing film that I thought of in my youth. I think it's safe to say flawed, but but good. Yeah. Would be kind of my take. But I'm glad actually, because again, I was a little like, I'm not worried, but because, you know, who gives a shit? But like, I was like... (laughs) concerned that everyone john everyone (laughs) listening to this podcast with bated breath to hear our answer it's it's imperative and very important well i mean this is the risk we run every time we do this stupid thing is it's like well was i just an idiot (laughs) i know 30 years ago or you know was there you know was my taste good and i'd say our batting average is pretty good yeah like I would say, I'd say most movies we brought to the table and remember liking, we tend to hold up. You know, yeah. at this point, we have a, enough of a statistical, you know, sample size, <laughs> right? That I think we could say that. Although I don't know, maybe we, I should, I should, I should look and, and crunch the numbers. Maybe well, I I'm think wrong. Up until our first year, we were sort of half and half, but the last, you know, this year we're just like we love it. Everything yeah. we, everything we watch, we love. So <laughs> we got to change that. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of which, yes, yes. So we should we should discuss uh, next months december's uh film so uh john and i were, were sort of talking it over and it, we feel like it's been a little while since we've done a listener request uh, we have quite a many of them still yeah we got plenty yeah and so uh we were sort of looking at the list and we decided to pick out one from a friend of ours john scully he had recommended that we do the film hook so tune in in december as we uh watch the steven spielberg classic and the late Robin Williams film. Oh, no, you're bumming me out. I know. <laughs> it's, it's Can't a, we have anything nice? It's a depressing nice? podcast. What can I say? God salt it. on the earth. I'm just going <laughs> to end it all. Um, so anyway, tune in in December to uh, listen to us uh, talk about Hook. Uh, if you'd like to follow along, you can make sure you go to our website, which is holduppodcast.com. There you can find links to all of our social media accounts. You can find a link to our Facebook page, to our Twitter page. Uh, our Instagram is on there, unfortunately, uh, but it's one of my favorite feeds that we have. Thank you, John. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, and you can follow that if you just go to Instagram and, and you search for Hold Up Podcast. You can find At it there. Hold Up Podcast. Yeah, excellent. Um, and again, if you'd like to send us an email with any questions, comments, 
concerns or you know suicide notes after you watch Bob <laughs> Roberts uh, or uh, uh, hate notes saying uh, goddamn hippies liberal social justice warriors with your goddamn stupid movies <laughs> yes uh, so send your complaints to hold up podcast <laughs> please at- send your complaints to uh, never not funny <laughs> uh, hold up podcast at gmail.com um, and I you know what we should briefly mention that uh this is November, and so uh, if you're listening to this at the early part of November, um, we will this month be doing a stream with a friend of ours at uh, Joe Blow Gamer uh, named Trevor. Uh, you may have heard us talk about it in previous podcasts, but we're going to be uh, participating in Extra Life, which is a charity that is done uh, where people marathon play board games and video games for about 25 hours. So uh, we'll be doing it uh, kind of in the mid of this month. So if you're listening to this on the early side, uh, please kind of try to donate to us. Uh, We'd appreciate it. Go to our Facebook page. We have links for John Longino and myself, John Nelson. Just donate money to the guy you like best. Absolutely. So, John, if people want to find you, where can they go? Ooh, good question. Uh, if you go to Twitter, I am at John P. Nelson. If you go to Instagram, I am at John Patrick Nelson. Ooh, a riddle for those of you to solve. <laughs> can How you it? guess my middle name? <laughs> <laughs> or you can just hit me at Hold Up Podcast. Excellent. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at John Doe JBG. So thank you very much for listening, and until next time... Nobody move, nobody gets hurt. (laughs) 